Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk, thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm. Or wherever it is you get podcasts from, we appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a pass through the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffeehouse on Highway 12. Or you can head over to University Drive or you can head to Brupolo in Tupelo. And you're getting great coffee, great service, and a great start to your morning. And of course, if you're looking to shop for the coffee lover in your life this holiday season, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com has got everything they sell right there in the coffee house. And of course, a lot of great coffee-related uh, you know, paraphernalia has such a negative connotation, so I don't know if I want to go that route or not. But yeah, yeah this isn't this isn't a uh, it's not it's not it's not a glass shop. This isn't Portland. No. <laughs> hey man, you like coffee? Uh, anyway, <laughs> if you do like coffee co- paraphernalia, man. Coffee paraphernalia. Okay. <laughs> Instead of four twenty, it would be like six o three. Six o three in the morning. Anyway, four forty five for Justin Strong. <laughs> Yesterday on my birthday, he uh, he wished me happy birthday on Facebook, and I went and looked at the time, and I commented, "This was a very reasonable eleven forty three a.m." Thank yeah. you. So that yes. one works. Yeah, it does. All right, Stranger Coffee House. That also works. Uh, College Corner, CollegeCornerStore.com. This holiday season, you know you need maroon and white merchandise for the Bulldog fans in your life. You need to shop at College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area. If you're in Central Mississippi, they're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowa by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they have got it at College Corner. Humble Taco is Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Taking your southern favorites and turning them into Mexican classics. When you want to enjoy fried chicken in taco form, there is no place else but Humble Taco. If you want to enjoy fried catfish in taco form, again, Mm. Humble Taco. You know what I'm talking about. It's your favorite, isn't it? The Nashville hot catfish. If you want smoked wings, they have that. Yeah, we keep. I, I always forget about the wings. They're so good. I had them last time. They're really They're good. good. Yeah. Again, but it's a it's a twist. It's a Mexican twist on a, on a Southern classic. So, can't recommend it enough. Next time you're here, or if you're here all the time, make sure you're going to humble taco. Firehouse Subs reminds you that this holiday season, show up to your Christmas party with a Firehouse Subs party platter, and everybody will be happy that you're there. Uh, they're easy to get, and they're always a hit. Call your local su- uh, firehouse subs. That Those locations are in Starkville, Oxford, Tupelo, Columbus, Flowood, and Madison, and pick that up. And if you're just looking to grab lunch, it doesn't get any easier than ordering with the Firehouse Subs app. Download that today. Get reward points to get free subs, and get in out with your lunch at Firehouse Subs. We love to talk about recruiting. Everybody loves to talk about it, so let's talk about it today. We'll do basketball in the second half. Of the no show. recruiting song. No, right no, now. no, no commitments. Well, we're just going to talk today. We're, we're just going to talk. We're just going to talk about the recruiting. Talk about. You and I, you know, for the past couple of years, have been discussing how Mississippi State fans have had to get used to 
what the Mike Leach offense looks like, right? You know, when you grow up, if you're 30, if you're 40, 50, whatever it is, however, however old you are, you grew up with Mississippi State as a power-running football team, a team that ran the ball 60 70% of the time, never much in the passing game, anything like that. And now it's over two years, you know, Mississippi State throws the ball 600 times a year now. Um, they've got a quarterback who's going to end up throwing for close to 5,000 yards uh, this season. So that's something for Mississippi State fans have had to start getting used to. Another thing you've been used to as a Mississippi State fan is the final month of the recruiting season has never been a, a pleasant one. It's always about holding on, holding on. You know you're going to lose some guys. You're going to bring in some plan B guys that maybe aren't that great. And then you end up, you know, what would you end up? Robbie, it looks like this time around, it's going to be the opposite. It looks like Mississippi State is going to have a very strong close as we are now, I believe, 14 days away, two weeks to the day as we record from the early signing day. Don't speak so soon. Okay. Oh, no, Robbie, no. I'm just saying. No, don't do that. No. I'm just saying. You're over here predicting oh, Mississippi State's going to close. Doom and gloom. Get the, get the graphic out. I'm just setting the tone here for whenever you come back in here and start talking about firing coaches and things like that. Because you've you've now expected Mississippi State to close incredibly strong here. The pieces are in place, Brian. The pieces are right there for Mississippi State for the taking. But the coaches have got to close. And that's that's something that remains to be seen. Until you get players to sign on the dotted line, you can't you can't uh suggest anything, is what I would say. First off, there's only one thing in this life that matters, and that is to get them to sign on the line, which is dotted. Right. That said, okay, let me change what I said. Change it. I'll change it then. It's trending in a way that makes you believe that Mississippi State could have a strong close. There you go. Better? That's better. Very good. I can take that. Let's start with the guy that... Somebody made this comment, and, and, and Chris Jones is the answer to this, but I will say, Stone Blanton is a player that has gotten so much pub over the past few months. Um, committed to MSU baseball, made that commitment before he knew that his football career was about to take off. Mm-hmm. Now that it's taken off, he is a football recruit. So while he is committed to Mississippi State baseball, and that is something for him, in the end of the day, He's going to leave that commitment behind if he goes somewhere else and not really worry about it. That said, it feels like it's been back and forth. I have said a few times on the show, I, I don't know, he's, I don't think he's coming to Mississippi State. But as of this week, I maybe feel like that's starting to turn a little bit. His apparently his in-home visit with Leach and Arnett went very, very well, and that at this moment, as we sit here today, and that's what recruiting is in December. It's as you sit here today, the momentum. It feels like it's it's turned to Mississippi State. Yeah, and there are no official visits left for him. Right. He's been to Ole Miss, he's been to Mississippi State, he's been to South Carolina, A&M. So those in-home visits are basically going to tell the tale uh, for him. I've always felt like Stone's going to end up here, and the reason I feel that way is Chris Lamonis. Mm-hmm. I think Mississippi State baseball has held him um, where he is. I, 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 don't, I don't feel like Mississippi State would have much of a shot, as much of a shot, if Mississippi State baseball wasn't in the picture. I think Chris Lamonis is to be praised if they sign Stone Blanton. And I think Stone's a very good player. I don't know if it, you know, I feel like we're putting too much on this kid. And I don't think he's done a a whole lot other than take visits that should suggest that he deserves that. You know, I mean, 
It, it, it is a weird I agree, situation. I agree with that, that he has handled this recruitment completely He's done nothing above wrong. board. He's done nothing wrong. Hasn't committed, hasn't put out a bunch of, of graphics, hasn't gone back and forth. Has just gone on his visits. And you have the old school guys, well, he's committed to Mississippi State baseball, and why is he looking at these other schools? This is this is a completely different sport, and this is a completely strange situation that doesn't come along a lot. He committed to Mississippi State baseball with the intentions of playing baseball. Uh, last summer, probably, a little before probably um, summer, maybe in the spring, he started to pick up SEC offers in football. And became a a legit Southeastern Conference caliber football player. Uh, his intentions initially was to play baseball at Mississippi State, potentially play baseball in the pros. But he became a legit college football prospect. When those options came open, then you know his his options started to expand a little bit, and you know he starts thinking about playing football. Well, I, I do admire the fact that he's remained committed to Mississippi State baseball. There's been nothing that's changed there. But you're in a completely different avenue when you're talking about college football and making that decision. And, you know, he's he's never really wavered in his decision to um, you know, play baseball for Mississippi State. It's just it, – it is really strange that it's almost like a split prospect here. Mm-hmm. Firm commitment in baseball – but looking at all options in football. And that, that doesn't come around that often. But I, I think he owes it to himself to look at all options available. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he hasn't come out and played many games. He's He's gone to take his visits. He's been very measured in what he's done. And, uh, you know, people have seen the stuff with his brother, and I get all that. His brother's a big Ole Miss fan. He's trying to push the name, image, and likeness thing. But uh, Stone's been very fair. Stone's treated every place the same, and he's taking a, a good measured approach in recruiting, and I can really respect that. Yeah. And if he chooses to go to Ole Miss, fans should should respect that too. I know people hate hearing they the respect. Respect the de- his decision. That's right. Okay. But they should. I mean, should they try for interviews? Um, uh, there could be some interviews. Okay. But I, I feel like you know, one way or the other, he's going to catch a lot of grief from a fan base mm-hmm. over this, and. I don't really think he's done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. If he feels like Ole Miss is is where he needs to be, so be it. But he's handled this the best way possible. Don't say that he's getting you know money, he's getting paid to do this and that. He's going to MRA for God's sakes. Yeah, his dad's one of the 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 head uh, administrators in the MAIS. I mean, let's not do that. You know, his brother's doing the NIL stuff. So if he chooses Ole Miss. He chooses Ole Miss, but I feel good about Mississippi State's chances. I always have. I do feel like this is a very, very tough battle, but I feel I feel good about State's chances at this stage in the game, and they got, what, two weeks to go mm-hmm. before he makes that decision. No more official visits, but he's, he's going to be getting hammered on his cell phone. He's going to be getting uh, those in-home visits and all that. Yeah. I think the fact that there's no more visits is a big piece of this. Yeah. There's no getting There's nothing to get a big bump, you know. Exactly. Another highly rated player in this state that, again, looks to be trending maroon is Kamari Rogers. His recruitment has been sort of interesting in that. And another kid who seems to have handled his recruitment pretty well. Made a commitment to Miami. But it's it's obvious the way things are trending in Miami. And we heard as recently as a couple weeks ago that, look, Manny Diaz stays in Miami. Kamari Rogers is going to stay with Miami. But Kamari Rogers, and I'll give the kid credit, 
apparently he is not the, the, the player who is just looking one step down the road. He's looking way down the road. He knows that Manny Diaz is in trouble and probably isn't going to survive next season. And now that's sort of leading him back to Mississippi State, which is where a lot of people had him going after he originally decommitted from LSU. You've you've been sort of on that this train for a while that you think he's going to end up in Starkville. He and Travion Williams, I've just had this feeling about mm-hmm. that they eventually would would come to state, mm-hmm. and it remains to be seen on Kamari. I mean, he still is committed to Miami, but you know, I've heard all this chatter like it's you know it's Manny Diaz or bus. If Manny's there, Kamari's there. If if he's gone, then Kamari's coming to Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I think that it doesn't matter at this point. I th- I think that you know his dad is a coach. And his dad understands how the business works. Dad's very, very smart about all that. He was a college player as well. He knows how the business works. He knows what what all signs are pointing to. Manny Diaz is a lame dunk duck coach at this point in Miami. He's not going to survive probably past next year if he even stays. So I, you know Mississippi State's built a really good relationship with this family over the years, and they've uh, done a really good job recruiting Kamari this year. So I feel like he's going to end up in the class. You never know, but I feel like things are trending towards Mississippi State here, and it does seem to be a Miami-MSU battle. And it's funny because you know before he committed to Miami, everybody thought he was going to end up at Ole Miss. I did, 100%. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised. When, when he committed to Miami, I thought it was going to be like a Luke Altmeyer kind of situation where eventually it would just be too close to home, but it would end up being Ole Miss. It's pretty interesting how his recruitment is. Yeah, played out. He's we'll, a guy we'll be following that, that for sure. You know, suffered a knee injury this past year and has been out. If he's healthy, could he be like an Emmanuel Forbes to come in and be an immediate impact guy next year? Because you need somebody uh, to replace Emerson. Yeah, I'm not expecting it just because of that knee injury. Mm-hmm. He might need a year to if to, he was healthy. Yeah, if he was fully healthy, he could. Yeah, I think he's a good enough player to do that. But you, that I mean, that knee injury is kind of muddy in the waters there. I think that I think a few schools might have backed away after that, but Mississippi State stayed hard after him. Another guy that you just sort of mentioned, Trevion Williams from Crystal Springs, another four-star defensive lineman in the state of Mississippi. He and, and Kamari Rogers, and, and to a lesser degree, some you know some players maybe like a Marquez Dorch or other. One of the things we talked about back in April and March and May about recruiting was recruits want to see state play better. You know they can't. They can't commit to Mississippi State, and then this Mike Leach experiment doesn't work, and all of a sudden, you know, they look bad, and they're they're holding the bag there at the end. It, so they may, you know, some of them, Rogers and Williams, Williams committed to Florida State, just went another way, but always kept the door open, and always, you know, let let people know that hey, I, I'm still listening. And now it feels like of, of the three guys we just sort of mentioned, Blanton and Rogers, and now Trevon Williams, this is the guy, although uncommitted, feels like the most likely to end up being a Bulldog. Yeah, his recruitment has been so close to Charles Cross, it's not even funny. It really has been. I mean, Charles Cross committed to Florida State early. Mississippi State stayed on him. He he continued to take some visits to Mississippi State, and you just knew that he was not really going to end up in Tallahassee. Right. And that's what's happening here with Travion Williams, too. He committed to to Florida State early. You know, they kind of – it felt like they kind of pressured him to do it on a visit – and he says he's solid, but you know signs are pointing towards him eventually opening things up, mm-hmm. and that's what we've seen happen with him. Very quiet guy, doesn't talk a whole lot. Says recruitment has been 
you know, kind of under the radar, but it's been trending towards Mississippi State for a long time, and I think he's he's coming in this weekend. I think this weekend will pretty much end all doubts there. Ole Miss is trying to get in the game with him, but I think it's, it's going to be too little too late for that. One of the big JUCO guys states after Percy Lewis, the big tackle, literally a big commitment, a big target, literally and figuratively, six foot eight, three hundred and sixty pounds. I believe he's less than that now, but uh, a guy that again has trended towards Mississippi State. Another guy who was committed to early to out of state to Oregon. You know, it's sort of interesting to see these guys. By the way, I think I think this is how it goes, and I could be wrong, but these guys leave Mississippi. And they go on these visits, and they're like, this is incredible. I've never seen anything like this. I want to be a part of this. They commit, and they come home, and they realize, I'm going to live a eight-hour flight away from my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody wants that. No. Nobody wants to you know, have to tell your mom and dad, yeah, you've got to drive you know, from uh, Crystal Springs to Tallahassee to come see me play. Nobody wants to do that. It, I think it's just... These, they, they go on these visits in the summer and these stadiums and then all this stuff. I mean, Oregon, I mean, you know what you're looking at out there. You've been to those facilities. But then when you get home, I mean, home just sometimes just wins out. Uh, some Ole Miss making a push here, but it still looks like this is another guy trending maroon and white. Yeah, this is going to be probably the biggest battle for Mississippi State here with Ole Miss. They need this guy, too. They really, they desperately need him. You need to get. I think you need to go get a portal tackle, and you need Percy Lewis mm-hmm. to kind of plug in there in both of those tackle spots. And huge guy, he can move well for his size. But I think if you drop off some weight, trim him up a little bit, he can really be a, a standout tackle. And State has something to sell here to him, even more so probably than Ole Miss. You can come in and replace Charles Cross possibly mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, I mean it's wide open, buddy. Come on in. You can come in and replace a first-round draft pick, and hopefully in, in two years, maybe even one year, you can be the exact same. You can be a first-round draft pick. So, And I think he got bumped to a four-star today by 247, if I'm not mistaken. I have a device right here. that will. Um, yes, he is a 90-rated four-star. There you go. So State has a chance here to pick up down the stretch. They had no four-stars up until three, two or three weeks ago, Marquez Dorch. Mm-hmm. They have a chance to pick up four or five here before signing day, I think. So, uh, I mean, you're you're talking about so many opportunities to to make that leap and become a top twenty recruiter this season, which has not been done very often in Mississippi State. I mean, this class, if it's if it's what we think it could can be. And not even counting, you know, Jaheim Otis, who we might talk about. Mm-hmm. If if it's what we think it can be, this could be the highest rated class since two thousand nine, and it could be even higher than that. If you if you land some big fish here, but Percy is, to me, Percy's one of the biggest uh, to get because it's at a position of tremendous need. Both your tackles are gone, and one of your tackles was not very good this year, so you know you have to be much better at right tackle. And you've got some huge cleats to fill there left. So Percy Lewis, this is a huge battle Mississippi State has to win. Ole Miss trying to get him in on an official visit. Mississippi State is getting him on an official visit. So th- this is this is huge for the Bulldogs to try to close out their class. He's one of their biggest targets. Let's look out of state at a couple of guys real quick. It looks like 
One guy who's really trending towards Mississippi State is offensive tackle Trent Ramsey out of uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, Mason Miller visited with him just the other day. Big kid, six foot four, two seventy five. So he sort of fits what that that mold that that MSU wants, which I, I I've said it before. They want tackles. They want five tackles, and they'll convert the guys into the interior guys. Feels like he's that that kind of player. Talk about a quiet recruitment. Hasn't, he hasn't been to State yet either. His first visit is this weekend. State's got a massive recruiting weekend planned this weekend. Almost all of their commits are coming. Most of their top uncommitted guys are coming at the same time. This is the kind of week, recruiting weekend State normally doesn't have. They normally spread it out and, and do this. So I give kudos to the staff for putting this together. This is a Dan Mullen-type recruit. Remember, he would bring in all those yeah. like commitments to go with some of his bigger targets. You know, th- This is kind of... This is how it should be, really, I think. You want as many positive influences around those uncommitted guys as you can get to try to get put some ramp up some pressure. You know, he did that in 2016. He brought in Jeffrey. He brought in uh, Scott Lashley, mm-hmm. Nigel Knott, Raekwon Davis, and they ended up getting Raekwon to commit, mm-hmm. which he, you know, Last you know how that, few minutes there. we know how that happened. But yeah. th- this is kind of that strategy, I think, is try to get as many positive influences around Travion Williams, Kamari Rogers, and those guys, and try to get them on board. And Trent Ramsey, I feel like, is really close. I mean, I, I, who else is, is really in the game for him? Right. I, I, mean, I mean, I don't really know. His, looking at his offer list. I mean, he's got solid offers: Indiana, West Virginia, Arizona State, Arkansas, California. I mean, he's it's it's just a but. He's got a bunch of Power Five offers, but Mississippi State seems to be the school that every time keeps coming back up with him. This seems like a guy that could really flourish in the air raid too. Well, yeah, and I, I don't know where I don't really know where he projects because states played tackles at guard and guards at tackle and mm-hmm. tackles at center and guards at center. I mean, I don't really know where he's going to project, but that's kind of the beauty of this offense you just want guys that go out there and protect Mm -hmm. so um you know i feel like get guys like this on board and figure out what to do with them when they get here when you look at uh a player like aj allen i think it's aj right yes another guy just got a fourth star there you go committed to tcu obviously they're going through some coaching flux has been on state's radar for quite a while now you do have a little bit of worry. He seems to have picked up some Alabama interest, which, I mean, we, we sort of know where that will go. But if you, if you can avoid the Alabama offer there, it feels like this is another guy that could end up in Mississippi State. Yeah, hopefully Bama's not you know encouraging him to wait till February or something. You have to wait this out. Mm-hmm. But just adding another talented running back to that group and you're starting to stack some good running backs there if you can, if you can pull him in. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, again, I mean, it's just like we we were talking about, you know, how tough it was going to be to recruit four star running backs at Mississippi State, and they're going to have back to back if they can get AJ Allen, yeah, with um, Hargrove, yeah, yeah. Um, or Hargrave, yeah. I mean, that, that's 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 Hargrove. Is it Hargrove? Yeah, that, that I don't know what I was thinking. It's all right, but so. uh, that's that'd be back to back, which some people would argue. A 90 is not, but uh, you know, I'd say 89 is pretty much a four-star. Here's what I would say. The guy had an offer from TCU and Gary Patterson. That's a guy who knows a thing or two about running backs. I'll, right. I'll, I'll feel pretty confident. In the, in, yeah, that in guy the just guys. pulled in one of the best running backs in the country last year. Well, he also coached Lydian Tomlinson, did he not? Yes. So, I feel, like I said, I feel, I feel okay. Um, 
when you look at this class, let's say everybody, let's say you get best case scenario, right? And everybody, I'm not even Jaheim Otis. I, I, I never, I, I, it's one thing I like about 24 7, I'll say this, is that Steve and Paul, they have different sources. Mm-hmm. Paul's sources, not very confident on Jaheim Otis. Steve's sources, confident on Jaheim Otis. They feel good about him. Steve. Well, I think Paul is. I think Paul is just kind of cautious. Well, there's that too. I think he's just. I, I think, like that we're getting two different stories. Yeah, I mean, I think they're both hearing similar things. Mm-hmm. I think Steve is of the opinion that states much more mm-hmm. in it and, than than Paul thinks. Paul Paul thinks that Paul's just going with with history. Mm-hmm. It's Alabama. How yeah. are you going to pull an Alabama commit? And Steve, if anybody's me connected in Columbia, Mississippi, right? Steve Robertson would be that guy. Yeah, that, there's nobody that can really doubt Steve's source no. on this. But that's it. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna consider Jaheim in this particular instance, right? But let's say we play best case scenario, and State ends up with Rogers, with Williams, with Blanton, with Lewis, with Allen, and then looking down the list a little bit, guys like Chris Bell, Avery Sledge, maybe a Calvin Dinkins who just picked up an offer today. If State gets all those guys, they sweep the board. That class last year, based on 24-7 points, would have been 19th. Yeah. That is a tremendous job. Tremendous. Considering especially that, again, I'm assuming that you're going to lose Otis. You lost the top two guys. You had really no shot with the number one guy in this class. Branson Robinson never coming to Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. Not that kind of running back. Otis committed to Alabama early. You fought hard, but it was just too much. Xavier Harris was the number four player in the state. And, you know, obviously he ends up going to Ole Miss. But you, so you only got one of the top four, but you did really good in the state. You picked off some some quality guys outside of the state. That would be an outstanding recruiting class in year two for Mississippi. State. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about Mike Leach and how you know he he's not really a great recruiter. He's not really known for that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, let's be honest. I think the bulk of the credit, if they do that, needs to go to the assistants. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how much. Mike Leach is is uh, you know hammering these guys on on Twitter DMs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that the assistants have done the the large mm-hmm. part of this work. And let's be honest, most that's how most staffs work. Yeah, the coaches kind of close the, the deal. Closer. Guy. Yeah, there's not many people like Joe Moorhead that are constantly messaging recruits. Right. Right. So, um, I mean, you're talking about a guy that did better that would have done better in year two. And Joe Moorhead did in two years, and you know, we know the effort he put in. Moorhead put in a ton of effort on recruiting. He and would have had a better would, class than all of Dan Mullen's classes, but one, and most and most of that class mm-hmm. was built by Sylvester Croom in well, two thousand nine. His uh, his fifteen class, I think, was also better, but that was an unusual. What was it ranked? I think it was eighteenth. Okay, but that's but that was a year where we had an an unusual amount of talent in the state. You couldn't miss on that class, and state had the connection. I go back to 19 when you had all those guys here in the state, but Moorhead coming in in his first year had really no chance to build the kind of relationships you needed to get guys. And he guys got guys, you know, he got Nathan Pickering. Right, he but he, had, he, had, he, missed, he missed so many. You know, there were so many guys that got missed that year, and they went elsewhere. But I don't put that on Joe Moorhead coming in late, right? I feel like if Mullen had stayed and has been committed to the job, state might have had a much different looking class that year. Yeah. Uh, but in fifteen, when you had when you had Jamal, I mean, and look, whether these guys were great players from issue or not, we're just talking about the recruiting. But you had Jamal Peters as a four star, Leo Lewis was a four star, Fletcher Adams was a four star, Malik Deer was a four star, and State got them all. 
Yeah, that, so, they had a ton of connections in that class. Right, right. And that class had a lot of connections within itself. Mm-hmm. You know, like that... Fraud you know, Green was the Fraud Green, Green, Jonas Spivey sort of mafia down there. So yeah. this class would be fantastic for Mississippi State. And it, you this, know, this would be... This would probably be his best class as a coach. Oh, for sure. But the, it goes back to that... It goes back to that thought process that I've always thought about. It was what he said when he was About there. Leach is... He is going to have the most talent he's ever had as a coach yeah. at Mississippi State. And Mississippi State might still finish 8th or ninth in the SEC. But it, but he's going to have talent that he's never had to right. work with on both sides he, of the ball. He has a, a career-long pedigree of coaching up lesser talent. Mm-hmm. So if we're taking 8th or ninth in the SEC talent and we can make it Third or fourth, I mean, now we're talking about we got now you're you're really rolling. And now, if you finish top twenty, or even if you don't, yeah. I think that this should be you know Dave Emmerich and those guys should say, okay, we could we can have a machine here. Mm-hmm. Let's invest a lot of money in our recruiting budget, and let's start let's start really making a push. It doesn't even have to be a lot of money, a couple mil. Yeah, what, g- what hire you, some more staff. You're getting sixty I mean, million a year from the SEC network. Couple yeah. mil is not a ton of not a ton of cash. Especially and I mean, when more is coming soon. And I mean, Leach is is middle of the pack in the SEC and pay. Yeah. So I mean, invest some of that money in in your recruiting services, and let's let's see what you can do with a little more resources. You know. The other thing about this class that you have to like is that it does a good job of filling some needs. Mm-hmm. It's not just a highly rated class. Obviously, you want to get a quarterback in every class. I think Braden Locke is very underrated. I mean, the guy is the all-time leading passer for touchdowns in 6A history in Texas. Think about what that is. Yeah, you know, 6A football. Past Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Did Drew Brees play 6A? Did Matthew Stafford? I mean, think of these are the guys we're talking about here. Um, you needed to get a replacement for Charles Cross, or at least a potential replacement. You did that if you get Percy Lewis. But that's a big if. And, and you still got to go to the portal, but you know that's still an if. You needed to sign some linebackers. You know, your linebacker room, you, you, you don't you got a lot of experience next year, but you don't have a lot behind them. If you get Blanton to go along with Gilmore um, and uh, Khalid, Khalid, Moore. Khalid Moore, who and I that love. that kid, nobody's talking about him. Love that guy. Uh, you got some good young defensive linemen. Obviously, if you get Trevion Williams, Don Terry Russell and R.J. Moss are going to be good players for Mississippi State. You added big-time speed at receiver with Dorch and Xavion Thomas. You added a couple of other high school offensive linemen that you need. I mean, Cam East is a guy... I know there's a, there's a little nervousness with him and Ole Miss right this second. We'll have to see how that plays out. But yeah, that that you know I mentioned Percy Lewis being the biggest battle for Mississippi State. That's probably going to be the one. Yeah, Cam East. He's, and then, he's starting to warm up to Ole Miss. You got to finish the job there with him. And then with your DBs, obviously you want to try to bring in uh, Kamari Rogers. But and it feels like you know we didn't mention it feels like they're going to get at least one like a JUCO cornerback as well. They haven't really said anything. It doesn't look like it's going to be DeCarlos Nicholson. But yeah, he's starting to fade. I, I don't really, I don't really. Think he ends up at Ole Miss. Think he, yeah, I don't. I, that that recruitment starting to follow some of the past. Yeah. When we say fade, we're not saying not a good player. We're saying his state's interest in him is waning. Yeah. So uh, the kid at uh, EC is one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they might take a couple of JUCOs. Gotta watch those kids from East Central though. Oh, what's wrong with those kids? <laughs> um, one last thing before we get out of recruiting, we'll, we'll move over to basketball in just a second. Bryson Hurst. I want to talk about this. It's really, it's really funny. They're it's, about to try to get him back. Well, in the it's hole. it's obvious what happened here. All right, this is one of the most. Once again, Ole Miss tried to flip their own commitment. They they said they they. I believe this, and if I'm wrong, I'm just wrong. But I believe it. They basically said, 
we got a spot for you. Just just decommit and put the hook out there in the water. See if Mississippi State See if Mississippi State will bite. State did not bite. And so all of the reports that he was being dropped and all the reports where they're going to find better targets in the transfer portal are going to be really funny in a couple of weeks when he just signs with Ole Miss. Yeah, I thought that was silly anyway. Why not go drop your like lowest-rated dude? That's exactly – you made that point, and this is the point. We need, to, we need to clear out some room in this class for, for potential transfer portal guys. Are you trying to tell me that Bryson Hurst had the worst year and was the worst rated of your guys? Why would you not drop the lowest rated guys, not one of your highest rated guys? So it's, it's pretty obvious what happened here. Full, Fulham once, state, Ole Miss, shame on state. Fulham twice. Come on. That being said, I want you to tell me the guy on MSU's commitment list that will flip to Ole Miss on signing day. Because I know there's one. Cam East would be my That's, my guy. He's probably the guy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think that would be the guy that I I would expect the most. All right. Um, you know, and <clears throat> I need to you know preface everything that I've said with the fact that I don't even cover football recruiting anymore. Mm-hmm. Steve and Paul handle all that, um, and I just I follow basically what they're saying. I, everything that I, that we're talking about comes from Paul and Steve. Right. Right. Um. So, but what what I've seen from this guy's recruitment mm-hmm. and what I know of the of the past, this one feels like you know it, I, I could see flip all over this. It's, it's going signing day is going to be an interesting one for Mississippi State. It feels like it's going to be a good day for the first time in God knows how long. It also feels like state ends up like splitting these. You know, like yeah, somebody. It, it's never been. State gets all of the guys. Right, right. You know, if they do that, that's a that's a tremendous job. It's it's bucking a, a, a trend, trend forever. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Don't forget to vote for your favorite burger and steak restaurant. Just go to Facebook and search for Mississippi Beef Council. Drop their page a like, and then you can go and vote for your favorite hamburger and steak restaurants in the state of Mississippi. When you do that, not only are you supporting those restaurants, you're supporting over 15,000 beef providers here in our great state. Mississippi Beef Council, msbeef.org is their website. Lots of great recipes and, of course, a lot of great information about our beef industry here in Mississippi. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. It is the place to be, the place to go, and the place to eat when you are in Starkville. Smoked Southern Soul Food. Don't ever, don't ever just go into Two Brothers saying, oh yeah, it's a barbecue restaurant. A lot more going on than just barbecue inside those walls. Always give them a look. Follow them on Instagram. They're always putting out their specials. They're letting you know when they have live music. It's a great hangout. It's a great place. And it's one of my favorites. It's Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Oh, I thought that said Miami there. I was like, oh, Miami Miami News. It's not. It's Florida State. Oh. I lost track there. Anyway, Advantage Business Systems. They make it really easy for you to succeed. They make it so easy that anybody can do it. They've been helping businesses in the state for 46-plus years. That's a long time. I know. You want to know now I know? I'm 46 years old, so I, I feel every bit of it. As you should. As I, I, should. I feel every bit of 32 right now. Yeah, well, Actually, I feel like I'm 50. Well, and then God Almighty, how do I feel? 80? <sighs> 90? Anyway, Advantage Business Systems. Imagine a, a situation like this. You need products for your business. You need a new copier, a new fax machine, a new printer, computers, anything you need from that technological standpoint. This is one-stop shopping with Advantage Business Systems. They have it all. They have the top names and the top brands. Then, 
when they make that sale, they don't just send you out the door and hope, you know, make sure you keep your receipt. No, they are offering the kind of customer service you would expect. When you have a problem, you're getting a real person on the phone. They're taking care of your issue, and they're solving it. It's not one of those things where you have to call and, you know, okay, we'll send a tech out, and we'll maybe be there in three or four days. No, no. We're talking about people in Mississippi that can help you right away. So give them a call and put their expertise to work for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Mississippi State goes into the month of December sitting at 5-1 and one, uh, for men's basketball. Very busy slate here. And this is a couple of key games. I think, you know, tomorrow, I guess tonight as you're listening, against Lamar, that's a game obviously you should win. But then Sunday against a Minnesota team that, say what you want, they're a name. They've been to the NCAA tournament kind of recently. That's a big game. And then they head on the road for a neutral site game with Colorado State next Saturday uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. These two games, you know, we talked about that tournament in the Bahamas, right? You need to be 1-1. One and one. I think State needs to be 2-0 and oh in these two games. I think State needs to win the rest of their non-cons. Okay. I would be willing to give them one more. If they I, lost I think, to Winthrop, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, Winthrop's always a pretty decent team. It wouldn't be killer if they lost two non-conference games, but I think you're really setting yourself up well if you go undefeated the rest of the way in non-conference. And that's, it's, it's tough to expect that, but I just, I'm thinking about, we, we talked preseason about staying out of that bubble, you know, staying out of the the bracketology, last four in, first four in, all that. I, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about making sure that you're, you know, a top five seed or something. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're if you're winning in the SEC, it's not going to matter probably. But I think for Mississippi State to set themselves up, set themselves up for the postseason, they need to finish strong here in non-conference play. But they, de- I, you know, this would be big to to win. Just take it week by week. Yeah. I'll, I'll use the coach speak answer on that. <laughs> so State has, uh, what, six more games, right? I think, I mean, they're 5-1. and one. Obviously, 11-1 and one would be great. But 10-2 but and two going into conference play, assuming it's the right one. You don't want to – I don't think you want to lose tonight, tonight to Lamar. Uh, you know, I don't think you want to lose to, you know, Georgia State. But Furman, Winthrop, Colorado State, Minnesota, especially Colorado State being a neutral site game – not 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 net killers. And then at the end of the month, you know, your first conference game is in December, December 29th, eight o'clock tip here in Starville. Oh, jeez, Louise, eight oh. o'clock. I didn't realize against our against a top 25 rated Arkansas team. So if State comes out of this month with two losses, let's say they lose that Arkansas game, they're set. For the, for the NCAA tournament, assuming they handle their business in conference play, which I am going to make the assumption that they will. I think this team is in really good position. They haven't played their best basketball yet. They didn't play well in that Louisville game. I get that. But now that Tolu Smith is back and everybody can start settling into their roles and they can start figuring out the rotations, I feel like we're going to see this team in the next couple of weeks start playing its best. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the big thing is just playing together. And that's why I was interested when Tolu would be back. And now that he's back and you've gotten him a couple of games under under his belt, I mean, he had a huge game against uh, Richmond. Mm. And I, I think he's about to start going off here this season. I mean, he's got a chance to make himself some money this year with a big year. So now that you've got him back and you're starting to kind of figure out what your rotation is going to be, that's gonna this team's going to get better and better. And they did that last year, too. You know, as the year went on, 
they started to become a more cohesive unit. They dropped some games that they should have won, but uh, you really start to see what this team could be by the end of the year. And I think you're going to see that by the end of non-conference play this time, which is really good news because you're starting off really strong in conference play. Right, right. I mean, those like I, like I just said, the uh, you've got Arkansas in that first game. That's going to be a tough game for Mississippi State. And then, you know, you go on the road, I believe, to Missouri uh, week two. And I would be able to tell you that if our internet was just a little bit faster here at the Super Talk Studio. But I know that third game is uh, against Ole Miss. And that's going to be, you know, a tough game because of, I mean, I hate to say of history. I know that uh, that it doesn't play really play a role. But this series, the past few years, Ole Miss has gotten that first game of the season against the two teams, and it's derailed Mississippi State. It's it's knocked them off course, and State's either had to fight their way back on the course, or they've had to fight their, you know, or they, they didn't get back on the course one way or the other. So, yeah, State needs to find a way to be 2-1 and one, three games into conference play. And if they do that, I think everything is going to take care of itself. And if, if they beat Ole Miss, that, that's going to keep everybody on board. That's going to get everybody going the right way. Was I right? It is. It is Missouri, and that's on the road. And I think that you know, gosh, there's not a home game until January 15th, as far as uh, a weekend. You play Ole Miss and Oxford on the eighth. You play Georgia, who I think we all agree is probably the worst team in the conference. Ugh. On the they are bad. What's Georgia is such an interesting team in that they hired Tom Crean. You think okay, that's a good hire. They're going to start moving. They had the nation's number one recruiting class, led by Anthony Edwards. One and done doesn't go to the tournament. And now they're just sort of floating in the wind there. So you should beat Georgia January 15th against Alabama, who's, you know, again, another good team, Elite Eight team last year. Five o'clock tip. If you've taken care of your business, that's the game where we say the hump is back. Yes. Well, as, at some point, you got to have some people start to flow in here early, too, don't you? I, but I think you will I mean, against you can't just Arkansas. Ex- Against, but you can't just expect to just you know everybody show up boom. Like well, what, I mean, what I think people is this, need to start filtering in here. Not a big crowd this week tonight against no. Nevada. But I mean, it's, but then Minnesota one o'clock tip on a Sunday. If state is six and one, I think people will come to that game. You could have five six thousand there. Fair. Yeah. Here's right. the here's the bottom line on the attendance thing, and it's the bottom line. Because, cause Robbie Falk said so. Who said that? Me. Oh, okay. You made that. I just quote made up. that up out of nothing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how about the People's Dental? How about the the Rock has a uh, a dentistry here in Starville? Have you seen that? I have. At seen the it. old Ruby Tuesday. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Anyway, anyway um, this fan base has shown that they're going to follow a winner. Look at volleyball. I mean, volleyball packed it out, 2,300 people, which has never been in that building. Women's basketball, football, you know, when they were good. If Mississippi State's winning in men's basketball, I don't care about Rick Stansberry, you know, uh, people that are butthurt over that. I don't care about the Rick Ray uh, stuff. I don't care about Ben Hallen's offense being antiquated. People are going to show up if they're winning games. Yeah, I agree. So if State's stacking some wins here in non-conference play, that Arkansas game's going to be packed. I agree. And then, which is, I, I'm waiting for that moment for the place to be packed, and there yeah. need to be 250 seats filled, yeah. and we're sitting up there on our fat we butts. Them. We took them. And the media portal up yeah. there. Well, we'll see how that goes. All right. 
Good show today. One thing before we go, and I'm sure Robbie will echo my sentiments. Loved seeing all of y'all Spotify graphics on Wednesday saying that we were your most listened to podcast. Really appreciate that. Really cool. Especially seeing some of the national podcasts. You know, among the MSU podcasts, I'm certainly glad if I'm your number one and Robbie's your number one. But for us to see us ahead of some other podcasts, some national ones, that really does the heart good. So thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we love you guys. And uh, we'll keep putting them out if you'll keep listening to them. Absolutely. And I want to give a shout out. I talked to Andrew Howell. The head basketball coach at Starville Academy last night. Mm-hmm. He says he's a huge fan of our show. Yeah. I was covering Starville Academy. Starville Academy is now our unofficial, the unofficial team of Thunder and Lightning. In this podcast, we stand the Vols. Yes. Okay. Sounds and, good. To me. And he, he, even his wife listens to our show. Begrudgingly. Yes. Okay. Well, I understand. Shout out to all the wives out there and girlfriends that I've are riding down the road that you don't say a word. You let your boyfriend, you let your husband listen to his show. Mm-hmm. Well, just like your grandma used to watch her shows yeah. on Days of Our Lives, you let you let your husband listen to his show. Yeah. Thank you. We Thank pre- you for doing that. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a good one. Back with you on uh, Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.